a right to be heard? Do motives always have to be pure? Country first or individual liberties? And tasteless political arguments? Irishman stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, freedom lovers. This, of course, is the show exclusive to the Blaze where you come for the accent, but you stay for the principles. And boy, have we got a lot, a lot, a lot of principles to talk about today. I want to focus in on what I think is one of the bigger stories in your culture right now. But I don't want to take a side on it. I don't want to, hey, this person's right and this person's wrong. I just want to take a step back and actually just use this as a kind of case study, as an example, and ask some honest, principled questions. Not for me, but for you guys to see where you stand on the issues. The big story over the last seven, six, seven, eight days has been Justin Amash and Donald Trump. In case you've been living under a rock, Last Saturday, I believe, Justin Amash went crazy on Twitter and basically unleashed a tirade against Donald Trump and the Mueller report and basically said he had the idea that Donald Trump had acted in impeachable ways. And then he he criticized Attorney General Barr. He criticized Mueller. He basically criticized his whole colleagues for not reading the report. And as you can imagine... Because we live in a hyper-political world, the reaction was typical. It was typical reaction for 2019. So everyone who was loves Donald Trump said, hey, Donald Trump is innocent, this guy is a moron, this is a joke. You had people who defended, uh, who don't like Donald Trump, who were like, yeah, Justin Amash, I don't know who this guy is, but I love him all of a sudden. And he was embraced by many different people, by libertarians, by Democrats, by everyone. Now, I want to make be crystal clear about this. What I'm about to talk to you about, I'm not saying Donald Trump is right, nor am I saying Justin Amash is right. That's a conversation for other people to have. I want to actually just take a step back and on, analyze the principles involved. So, the first thing we need to actually do is because certain words in your culture have become buzzwords, it's very important to understand the distinction. When people say people should be impeached, it's like this buzzword, impeachment. There is two different levels of impeachment. There is impeachment and there is removal from office and impeachment. The prime example of this is Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was impeached, but he was not removed from office. So when people today are calling for certain things, you have to very much draw that distinction of going, okay, are you calling for the president to be impeached or are you calling for him to be impeached and removed from office? Because both houses have a different role. The House has a role and the Senate has a role. And yes, this should be simple. Hey, if you believe someone should be impeached, it should be impeached. But because of the world we live in and very political, 
unless one body, one party controls all levels of government, then it's pretty obvious. If you're called, if let's say the GOP had the House and the Senate, you're saying Trump should be impeached. It's pretty much saying you're saying removal of office as well. But when it's both offices, um, the Democrats currently hold the House and the Republicans hold the Senate, there is a distinction there to be made. And Justin Amash, has to, as a recording, hasn't made that. Second of all, regardless of whether this is politics, regardless of whether this is culture, regardless of any, any aspect of life, how sh- should these things work? If you've got a problem with someone, if you think a crime has been committed, what rights should happen? Does Justin Amash have a right to be heard? Because all I saw last week was people saying no. When Justin Amash went crazy on Twitter, everyone just went to their sides. Everyone went to their camps. Everyone went to their political opinion, whether you thought Trump was innocent or guilty. Both sides did it. So does Justin Amash have a right to be heard? Is, is, is if a congressman, or even let's not make this about politics, if someone makes an accusation, do they have a right to be heard? This is going back all the way to the Me Too movement, where they were like, women have a right to be believed. No, you do you have a right to be heard? Yes, I believe so. If you're like, mm, I don't know. Now, people might say, might have gut reactions. They might go, no, he doesn't because of fill in the blank. We're going to deal with some of the issues that I and some of those fill in the blanks in a few minutes. But what under what circumstances does someone not have a right to be heard? Under what circumstances? If someone makes an accusation to petty crime, to misdemeanor, to impeachment of the president, what under what grounds do they not have a right to be heard? Then the second thing. Do you have a right to defend yourself? Does Donald Trump have that right? Does he have the right to go, you know what? Hey, here's the case. And he responded to, in turn on Twitter, to Justin Amash. Does he have that right? Then comes the important part. And this is what's still left to be open. When someone makes an accusation, do they have a right to be heard? I believe so. Does the person who's been accused have a right to respond? Absolutely. But here's where we are right now as of recording of this Friday morning. Is, and I like to call it, it's time to put up or shut up. We can make accusations all day long. I can go around saying all types of crazy things. I can go around saying, you know, look at me. Look at me and my hot body. You know, this superstar, you know, tried to hit on me. You know, and when I rejected her, she, you know, unfollowed me on Twitter and did loads of bad things to me. Now, that's obviously, you know, me being sarcastic. But, you know, it's time to put up or shut up. I can say anything I want. But I got to give you the evidence and the specifics. When did this happen? How did this happen? What were the occasions? Was there alcohol involved? We, can anyone prove that we were in the same room together? Did anyone see her hitting on me? Did anyone see me reject her? Now, going back to the case of Donald Trump and Justin Amash, d- what are the accusations been made? Can you prove it? You're using the Mueller report. Give me the evidence. Just on that point, what's really frustrating today is because of the political discourse, there is an inherent, and I don't know whether it's laziness or it's I just don't care or I'm just here to defend my team attitude, but the amount of people who have actually talked about this issue and many other issues around this who have not read the Mueller report is incredibly frightening. 
hands up. I haven't read the Mueller report. I'll also go one step further. I have no intentions of reading the Mueller report. It's not my job. I'm not here to per se find out who's innocent and who's guilty. That's a very political thing. I'm not here to do that. I'm here to talk to you about principles. I'm here to talk to you about society, not about politics, about who's right and who's wrong. That's a job for an American. But what's incredibly frustrating is everyone has been on their high horse either on either side. Trump is innocent or Trump is guilty. And I would make a wager 90% of the people who are talking and the most vocal have not read the report. Sure, they may have got a nice little summary from their staff, but they haven't read the report. It does not happen anymore. We just see what we want to see. We read the summaries. We read the conclusions. But the actual report? No. Now, onto some other things that came about because of this. Can we actually have an honest conversation about insults? Because I saw one of the insults going around about Justin Amash. Can we actually just do a bit of homework on things? Or is that too much hard? Is that too much to ask in 2019? I heard one of the funniest insults going was, Well, what do you expect? Justin Amash, he's, he's just a rhino. Yeah, he is. He's always been a rhino. But not in the demeaning way you think about a meat rhino. Justin Amash, whether you like him or hate him, if that's irrelevant, has always been a libertarian-minded guy caucusing in the Republican Party. He is about a Republican as Bernie Sanders is a Democrat. That's the, the best analogy I can give. Except Justin Amash has never been, had the I beside his name that Bernie Sanders had. But it's clear he is not a Republican in the traditional sense of modern-day Republicanism. He just happens to be part of the Liberty Caucus within the Republican Party. If we're going to insult people, if I don't wish you wouldn't. I wish we could actually base things around facts, but I get we're all human. We have to insult people. But if we have to insult people, can we actually make it factually based? Justin Amash is a rhino. When I see someone say that, I kind of go, that shows me more about what you know about politics than anything else. That's not saying or slamming Justin Amash or defending Donald Trump. That's saying to me, you don't know who Justin Amash is. You also don't know or have cared enough to know, let's do my own homework. The second reaction has been, well, we need to primary Justin Amash. Okay. Let's just deal with that just as a principle for a second. Primaries. I actually am in the very vast minority, because I used to be in, you know, somewhat political many years ago. I actually believe everyone should be primaried. Everyone. Yes, Donald Trump should receive a primary candidate in 2020. Every candidate, whether you love him or hate him, whether it's Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Justin Amash, Thomas Massey, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, anyone in between, whether it's in, in a in a House race, in a Senate race, I actually believe primaries can be used, if you use them for good, to actually have an honest discourse about principles. There is no reason why, when you're in your own party, you should have mudslinging. That you sling so much mud that, you know what, you're so weakened in the general election. That has been the, the reason for against be against primaries. How about we actually have a discussion about the issues? The future of the party. The future of the party in our state. Whether it's at the House or the Senate or the presidential level. Let's have a referendum and let's make ideas the, the forefront of us. Hey, I don't like your position on taxes. Okay, well here's my position. Here's what I will do. And let the people decide. This idea that we like, well, no, we can never have primaries. Trump can't be primaried. 
t- uh, Justin Amash can't be prime because he's got a Liberty score of 90. Okay. Well, let the people decide. Let the, let the case, let's, let people make the case and let people decide who they want. This idea that, hey, I'm in office. I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a congressman or a woman or I'm a senator or I'm a president and I am worthy just because I hold this office now to be automatically up for re-election. Is that a healthy society? Automatically. Or should the people have a voice? Should the people, and specifically when it comes to primaries, because primaries is something that America has that not any other nation does have. You, I don't, sometimes I don't think you realize how lucky you were. When we are, we're, today is Friday when I'm recording this show. I'm going to go vote this afternoon in elections. Now, I don't have a party, so I'm going to spoil my vote because I'm not putting my name beside any of them. But let's say, let's just make it very simple for you. I was in the Republican Party of Ireland. The way Irish politics operates, I get told who my candidate is. Yeah, there's a little nomination process, but it's heavily controlled by the party. There is no primaries. It's just, hey, guess what? This guy or girl is your candidate. And if you want to vote party, you vote for them, whether you love them or hate them. I have no voice. In America, I have to say, hey, I don't like Justin Amash in Michigan. I like fill in the blank. I like someone else. Or, hey, I like this new person who hasn't actually run before. I'm going to vote for them. And then guess what? I have It's an empty vote. Because even if I like the person who's like 10th in line that has like 0.1% chance and I cast my ballot for them in that primary, I get my voice heard. But then guess what happens? It's the general election. I then have a choice. Well, Justin Amash actually won because he had the presence and he was the incumbent and he had all the, you know, the, the vocal, the vocal power and the, you know, the, the manpower on the ground and had all the media platforms to go talk to. Well, then I have a decision. Do I vote for Justin Amash, the Republican or the Democrat or ever who else is the third party guy? But you have that ambition in, in America, that advantage where you can make primaries a good thing. We have to get into this mindset that we have adopted and abandoned it, where it's like, everything is a negative. Oh, primaries are negative. Primaries are a bad thing. Primaries are bad. No, primaries can be good. We can actually get better. We can be battle-tested. Which leads me on to some other points. Because people were saying, well, because I spoke about this on social media this week, well, are you defending Justin Amash? No. want to be crystal clear. I'm not defending Justin Amash. Not attacking him. Not defending or attacking Donald Trump. But people were asking me, is Twitter the right venue for doing this? I don't know. Would I have done it? No. But here's the thing. I don't know if he would have, how he tried behind the scenes. He might have tried to get on different sites, on different radio networks. Say, hey, I've got this opinion to talk about Donald Trump. I think, you know, he's done impeachable offenses. And everyone went, no, we don't want anything to do with that. So Twitter might have been his last choice. I don't know. But does that matter? You don't like the venue he's done it. The second thing that was asked was, well, do you like the long ways? It took him a month. No, I don't. Again, but does that distract from the allegations? Does that take away from it? Okay, it took you a month. Now, he says he's read the report. He's been advised by people. And Justin Amash, of all the people who gets somewhat of a bit of a slide from me, because he actually seems to read bills, and he goes, he's one of the few congressmen, if not the only one, who goes on Facebook and says, hey, I voted this way, here's why. He has that accountability. 
So maybe he was just busy. But again, does this take away from the allegation? Does that change his right to be heard? Does that change his right to now, hey, you made this allegation, prove it. But I would ask just one last question to my friends on the right, to my Republican Party friends who were like, we need to primary this guy and get this guy out of office. Okay. I'd ask you just this question just to think about. If you are for Donald Trump, you've heard, or maybe you've used, chances are pretty good you've used the following saying, drain the swamp. What does draining the swamp look like? Can you put into specifics what that actually looks like? Because here you have a guy, whether you like him or not, has a liberty score of 90%. When you say drain the swamp, do you mean drain it of all people who don't like Donald Trump? Or do you mean drain the swamp of people who don't follow the Constitution? Do you mean drain the swamp of people who don't believe in liberty? Because if your last two criteria of believing in the Constitution and, you know, standing for liberty and taking their oath of office very seriously... Can you really do better than Justin Amash? A 90% liberty score? And that's the lowest one. There's ones that have at 94%. Can you do better than 94%? There was a saying when I used to grow up. Are you cutting your nose off to spite your face? If you're like right now angry at Justin Amash, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be. The, 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 the facts have to be proved. I'm not on either side. I want a truth of this story. But I, if you're annoyed at him, by getting him out of office, someone who has a 90 to 94% of liberty rating, is that cutting you off your nose despite your face? Just something for you to think about this weekend. I'm on social media and not hard to find if you agree or disagree or if I've outraged you or annoyed you with what I've just spoken about. I'm on Twitter, Freedom Disciple, on Facebook, Jonathan Dunn58. Drop me a message, drop me a you know DM. I always respond eventually. Sometimes I'm a bit later than normal. But I love engaging with you guys. Even when you tell me I'm wrong or I'm an idiot, I'll always engage. I want to continue on this conversation by talking to you about some other principles that I saw that I think need to be discussed. So, one of the most common themes I heard from people who were not happy with Justin Amash was, I don't, I don't believe him. I think he has an ulterior motive to this. I think he's running in 2020. I think he, he's just not happy with things and he wants to run in 2020. Either he wants to primary Trump in the Republican or he wants to set up a third party thicket and run as the, Repu- the Libertarian Party. Okay. Honest question. Does any of that matter? Does any of that change what we just spoke about? Before you answer, let me give you a scenario. And let me just ask your honest opinion. Because when we, the reason I talk about principles and not politics is because when we think about politics, we tend to have a bias. We tend to have a side. And biases aren't always bad. But we have a side. We have a horse in the race. The reason I try and take a step back and ask questions is so we can actually delve to the principle, not the personalities involved. So there's, this is not about Trump, this is not about a mash, this is not about left or right. I want you to imagine I'm your neighbor. I know that's a scary thought, right? I'm your next door neighbor. And we live in a neighborhood of, 
I don't know, let's just keep it simple. A hundred houses, right? And every one of those hundred houses, 98 other houses, know me and you hate each other's guts. Like, I mean, it's visceral. It's like we hate each other. We are, we won't even just, we won't even say hi to each other. You know, when it comes to Christmas, we're literally like, you know, let's throw snowballs at each other's house. We hate each other. Hate each other. And I, something happens, and I ring the police on you. And I say, my neighbor, Joe Bloggs, ever who you are, has done ABC to me. What should the police do? Now, everyone in the neighborhood knows me and you hate each other. Does my motive matter? What we spoke about in the first segment, that I said you have a right to be heard, you have a right to defend yourself, and then it's time to put up or shut up. Does any of that change because we hate each other? Does the fact I may have an ulterior motive, that, hey, I hate you so much, and I just want to cause you as much hassle and harm as possible, so I'm going to make up a false accusation against you. I have an ulterior motive. I know if I get you into trouble of, you know, doing some stuff on your lawn, then there's a chance the housing, you know, association comes in and kicks you out of the house, and then I'll get a new neighbor. We all know that's my motive. But does that matter? If I make an accusation, do I still have a right to be heard? Or does my right to be heard go, well, John hates him? Now, I get gut reactions. We all have them. You know, when when certain politicians say some things, I'll be the first one to admit it, you know, historically. You know, when Ronald Reagan would say something, I you know, I would have that gut reaction that I believe it's true. You know, we all have them. Our, my friends on the left, the minute, if Obama said anything, their gut reaction, their gut instinct was to say it was true. We all have our gut reactions. You know, some people are, I don't know what the politically correct way of saying this in the world today is, but I'm just going to be blunt about it. Some people are drama queens. You know, like, the, we all see them. You know, oh my God, I fell and I, you know, I, I literally tripped over like a snail. And they, I, and they fall to the ground and they take a tumble. You know, soccer players are famous for this. You know, you literally brush off them and they go, oh, 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 oh. And then this magic person comes with a bucket and a sponge and like they wipe the area. Oh, my arm is so sore. Oh, my arm. I got an owie. <laughs> and this magic sponge comes out and then they're like, yeah, two seconds later. Yeah, I can run again. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. We have drama queens. Society has them. They'll milk the most. They'll make the most of it. They'll milk a system. But does that mean the accusation shouldn't be heard? Is there anything that you can do that says, you know, what, you don't have a right to be heard? honest question my if you want my answer i don't think there is now what i will say is that there is a maybe a quicker way of dealing with things hey you've a right to be heard you've made this allegation okay we don't give you time it's put up or shut up you said abc now prove it you don't want to waste police time you don't want to waste people's time people's time is valuable but does it change it do you have a right to be heard do you have a right to defend yourself Hey, I know you hate that person. Do you have a right to defend yourself? I'd be the first one to say, yeah. There's no way, there's nothing that you can do that says you don't have a right to make a a defense for yourself and that you have a right to face your accuser. But the evidence then is time to say, you've got to prove yourself that you're innocent and you have to prove yourself that you're guilty. But then that leads me on to another point. 
that is absolutely critical and another reason why America is exceptional. When it comes to this case, and again, let's not make this about Trump and Amash, let's make this about me and my neighbor. You're my neighbor, I hate you and you hate me. Whose side is the 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 pressure on to prove? Where's the, the level of responsibility lie? Does the level of responsibility lie on my shoulders to prove, hey, I made this accusation against you, this is why you're guilty? Or does the level of burden lie on your side to say, no, this is why I'm innocent? This is a critical question that needs to constantly be answered in your society. It's why America was different and is exceptional and unique. Because you set up a system that you're innocent until proven guilty. But do we really have that in society today? Do we have that in society today? When we have social media. Forget about the police and the, you know, the judicial system, which some people don't like. Do we have that or do we have mob rule? Where depending on what we think of you, defines whether we think you're innocent or guilty. A lot of my friends on the right who don't like Donald Trump automatically assumed he was guilty because of what Justin Amash said. Is that healthy? Can we? Where's the benefit? Where's the burden? Is the burden of proof going... Let's use Justin Amash's case again. Is the burden of proof on Justin Amash to say this is why Trump is guilty? Or is it on Trump to say this is why he's innocent? The system in America is not perfect, but it is the most perfect system man has ever come up with. These ideas of where does the burden lie? You are innocent until proven guilty. If Justin Amash has said everything he has said, he's been heard, now it's his time to you know put up or shut up, and let's say he does, what happens then? Well, then you go through the procedures of a case. Now, in this case, because it's impeachment, it goes through the House and the Senate and then the media get involved. It's very hard to get a fair trial. This is one of the reasons why you're innocent until proven guilty. You have to be proven beyond a shadow of a doubt you're guilty. Where does that burden lie? Where does that burden lie? Now, people have also said, well, the only fact that he's done this is because of 2020. Let me ask you an honest question. Who knows what's in anyone's heart? We have become so political in so many ways that we automatically judge someone by what we think of them. We always think of the people we like as somehow noble and honorable and better, and the people we don't like as unnoble, as immoral, as badness in their heart. We don't know what's in anyone's heart. Today we can prove this. You know, I prove this with my friends on the right. I look around at my friends on the right today. I'm like, I see you and I'm like, wow. There are people who I fundamentally disagree with on the right. About a lot of different things. But I know they're good people. I've also had the exact opposite experience. With, there are many people I agree with a lot in politics and on principles. But the way they do things, I disagree with them. They've got badness in their heart. They want to slam people. They want to destroy people. Today, we have to honestly look at people and say, let's take a step back. But also, let's say again, the ulterior motive is true. Should your feelings and that be judged? What part of the scenario that I spoke about at the start changes because of your feelings or because of his ulterior motive? 
What is the idea? What is the end game for all of this? Is the end game to find out the truth? Or is the end game just to find politics? Because right now, if the end game is truth, I don't see how the first three points that I made in this show are not the only most important three points we all have to understand. Do you have a right to be heard? Yes. Do you have a right to defend your, uh, face your accusers? Yes. And do you have the burden of proof to prove someone is guilty? Yes. Regardless of your feelings, your motives, or your intentions, why does any of that matter? This leads me to the last thing I heard a lot of this week. And this one is more the most frustrating point I heard all week. And I want to discuss it with you because it's a very important principle. I get you're in a very political environment right now. I get it. I get that you feel if you even have somewhat of, you know, even if you're like, I didn't like Trump to start, but he's our president. And you're very frustrated because of his treatment. I get it. But when you are not, when you're devoid of principles, you will be open to anything. The attack that I saw most on Justin Amash this week is an attack that I would expect from my friends on the left. Because they use the exact same words that the left used. And I want to say what the the most popular attack on him that I heard was. Well, this is, he has an ulterior motive. That he's just hurting right now and he's just so PO'd at Donald Trump because he has business interests in China and the tariffs are really hurting his business. And that's the only reason he's doing it. I had other people say, well, he's just, he needs to put country before him per- his personal interests. This annoys me because I expect this type of attack from my friends on the left. Let's just ask, let's just take a step back. Again, forget the people involved. And let's just look at the attack. And let's just think of how, is this something we want to use on the right Let's just say for assumption that the only reason Justin Amash did this, let's give him the bad intentions. He did this because the tariffs are really hurting him and he wanted to slap Trump. He was annoyed. He was PO'd. He was angry. He just wanted to say anything just to get some vengeance. Let's just assume all of that for a second. Where does someone's interest lie? When it comes to business, where does someone interest like? Is it country first or is it your own business first? Honest question. Where's your allegiance lies? Because if you're even open to the suggestion that maybe Yamash did this and that's wrong, that he, he should be putting his country first, let me give you some examples that my friend on my friends on the left would just change a few words in those sentences and use them against you. Hey, why don't you stop putting your personal interest ahead of the country? Why can't you just pay your fair share of taxes? Why are you always putting your own personal interest ahead of the country's when it comes to your personal taxes? You're always the party of less taxes and less government. Why don't you put country first and pay more taxes? Pay your fair share. Hey, have bigger government and look after your fellow man. Hey, put country first. Hey, why are you always the party of, uh, you know, de- climate deniers? Why won't you put the country and the world first ahead of your personal interests? Let's invest in green energy. What's wrong with investing in solar energy? What's inve- what's wrong with investing in countries like uh, companies like Solyndra? 
What's wrong with that? Put your, and yes, I know they went bankrupt, but put your interests of your country ahead of your own personal interests. But let me give you a more historical example. A very famous quote from Benjamin Franklin. Those of us who will trade liberty for security will deserve neither. Which do you want? Do you want country first or do you want personal liberty? Those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. Those are the questions we need to ask ourselves on the right especially and say, hey, what are we for? What are we for? If if a business, if Obama did a policy, let me give you another example, a historical example, to take it away from Justin Amash and Donald Trump. Obama could th- shut down nearly single-handedly coal plants because he believed in climate change and all these different ideas. Was he wrong when he did that? He was putting what he deemed his country first over the personal interest of all those coal miners. Yet, people on the right back then were outraged because you were putting people out of business. Which side are we on? Are we on liberty side? Are we on the political side of country first? Now, I don't have the answer. I'm not here to give you the answer. I know what my opinion is. I know what I believe America's founding principles was based on. You were a country that is unique in so many ways, but one of the other reasons you were unique was you based everything on the individual. You spoke about man, not as a unit, not as a collective, but as an individual. You said all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights among those life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You had people like Martin Luther King, the Reverend Martin Luther King, speak about We shall judge a man by the content of his character, not the color of his skin. Everything was based on the individual. It wasn't based on a class system. It wasn't based on what society deemed normal. It wasn't based on brotherhood and fraternity, which the French Revolution was based on. You are based on the rights of the individual. That every one of us has rights from God. Which society do you want to live in? Because what's happening in America right now... The battle is for the heart and soul of your nation. What society do you want to be? What country do you want to be going forward? What country do you want to hand off to your kids and your grandkids? This is why I break this show down. So I can get you thinking, not to get my opinion, but to understand for yourself and find where you stand on the issues, even if you disagree with me. This attack was so frustrating this week. What's made it more frustrating was, especially coming from some of my friends on the right, who are free trade people. If you actually believe in free trade, which Justin Amash has a long track record of doing, why would you not expect him to be angry at the tariffs that are hurting him and others personally? It's not like he flip-flopped. This would have more credence if Justin Amash had a long track record of speaking out for tariffs. And saying tariffs are good and tariffs are needed and we need more controlled trade. And all of a sudden, just because he was so PO'd at Trump, he said all of a sudden tariffs are bad. If there was a clear flip-flop, then your attack would have merit because you're saying, no, he's changed his opinion. He's changed exactly what he stood for. He just hates Trump that much that he's willing to sell out on his principles. Then I would absolutely agree with you. But you have a guy here who's so clearly free trade. Of course he's going to be frustrated. Personally, yes, because his business maybe has been his but also because of principles of what he believes.
what he's doing, whether you like it or not, is going against what Justin Amash believes. And should he speak out about that? Should he say, hey, I think you're wrong because of this, which he has done. But here's the ultimate question that I ask you after all these attacks. What has to happen for me to change the most three most important questions I believe? Does someone have a right to be heard? Does someone have a right to face their accusers? And does someone have the burden of proof to prove someone is guilty, not innocent? What has to happen to change those? For me, the scenario never changes. Regardless of the motives, regardless of the people involved, regardless of the politics, my answer is still the same. Hey, you've made an accusation. I'm going to hear your accusation. Now, then I'm going to hear their defense. And then I'm going to say to you, okay, prove it. There's nothing that you can say to me personally, as my opinion, that says, is there any way that something can happen that would change that order? No. No. That's the way I will always be. Is that wrong? Am I wrong? And if so, how am I wrong? I want to finish up today's show by just talking to you about two very small points. One is very small. It's the the level of discourse that's in your country right now. I love your country. I love your people. I think deep down when you strip all the politics of both left and right aside, you have good fundamental people in your country, both left and right. I have many friends on the left. I know people don't like when I say this because it's not popular. But I have many friends on the left who are good, decent, honest, noble people. We just fundamentally agree on the level of government. We just don't have the same love and reverence for the Constitution. But there are people within your society right now who are all hell-bent on making things political. And they will use anything in their power if it means making a political point. And I think as part of our society... As part of our world society, yes, I'm a globalist now because I said our world society, I think we have to have certain things, respect for certain things. And I think we have to have certain respects that we do not slap people in the face, that we do not spit on people's memories. I saw a meme this week which really pissed me off. And I use that in the most strongest terms possible. And I how I saw... A few friends on my right kind of reacting to it, making a joke out of it by changing it. The picture, the meme, was a picture of the Twin Towers. Yes, the Twin Towers from New York City. And written on one of them was rule of law. And written on the other was the Constitution. And there's a plane flying towards it with Trump on it. Let me be very, very, very blunt with you. If you think it's somehow okay to go, I got it, I got this great meme, it's going to go viral, I'll get Donald Trump. If you are that desperate to get to someone like Donald Trump, and I'm no big Donald Trump supporter or defender on this show, I'll defend him when he does good, I'll be against him when he does things I dislike. But if you think this is somehow cool, this is spitting on the memory of 9-11, of one of the worst days in your history. 
This is slapping the faces of the families who have lost people in 9-11, the near 3,000 people who perished that day. Men, women, and children. If you think this is somehow okay, seriously, take a bit of a reality check. If you're like, yeah, I I don't see a problem with this, look yourself in the mirror and try for one split second to think how you would feel if you lost someone in 9-11, how you lost someone that day. Going through the pain your country felt, the people around the world felt. And all you want to do is see that day and make one political point. Because, well, Trump is such a bad guy. And to my friends on the right who I know have good hearts, who are like, well, you know, the same was kind of apt if you replaced Trump with Obama. I'd say the exact same thing. There are certain things that need to be held sacred. There are certain things that you do not diss the memory of just to make a political point. We should never forget 9-11. Never forget means something. Because I don't know where you were. I don't know what you did that day or how you felt that day. I can tell you how I felt. I saw a country brought to its knees. That is not something that is somehow... 18 years later to be used as some political meme just because you hate someone. The second one is, and I don't want to spend too much time talking on it, but because I know people don't like when I talk about this, but there's these memes going around and these great quotes from all these great people on the left and they're sharing it. And basically what it's saying is that people like me who claim to be pro-life who claim to be so loving of children, are not really pro-life. Now, that's not the the right term that we should be using. What we actually are is not pro-life. We're pro-birth. Because when you look at all our principles lined up, yeah, we may be against abortion. But when it comes to, you know, a child been fed, or a child's education, or a child's benefits... When you want to cook government, when you don't want to tax people more and you don't want tax money going to those kids, basically all you are is pro-birth, you're not pro-life. And that this is somehow bad. Okay, so let's just deal with this first off. We need to step back. I could literally go crazy on some of these quotes that I heard from people, including people who are in the Catholic Church, by the way. I could go crazy. Or we can actually take a step back and look at this from a principal point of view. This right here is the battle of our day in some ways, shape or form. Because we have to understand, if you believe in liberty, and you believe in the system of what your American founders said, we have to have humility about this. But we also have to understand the battle of the day. Because when you look at the history of the world... And I don't mean just the history of the world the last five years, ten years, twenty years. Heck, I don't even mean the history of the world since America was founded. I mean the history of the whole world. There has been some type of government, some type of overarching king, queen, prime minister, uh, president, dictator, who looked after everyone, quote-unquote, who saw government as the great equalizer. We need to have a question and say, look, I'm pro-life. I'm pro-birth, but I'm also pro-life. You know the way you want kids to be fed and educated? We don't disagree. 
You may blame me and look down on me, but we want the same thing. The only difference between me and you is how you do it. Where I see, you see government and see, you know, government been the great equalizer and saying, I need to tax people more money to get more money into the coffers, into the treasury, so then I can look after kids more, even if you have the most noble intents. That's fine. You know what I say? I say the exact same thing, except I don't say tax people more. I don't say do more benefits. I say people need to step up. I've always said this, that if you want government to do less, you must do more. How do we solve poverty as someone who's worked in it? It takes charity. Is there a safety net? Look, we can debate the safety net another time. How much of a safety net there is, how long it's there for. Okay. But it isn't true taxation. How you solve poverty, if I may say to the people, especially the religious people who are now uh, promoting this, your church. You want to know why America is different? There are so many reasons why America was different and exceptional and unique. Because you chose a path that was different to every other nation. But you know what? The one thing you can't form America with? If you said that we're going to reform America today, there's one aspect you could not do it without. And that is the pulpit. You read the Declaration of Independence where they have the audacity to say these truths we hold self-evident. Why were they self-evident? Because the church was the leader. The church was the one who was leading these ideas, saying, yes, we are all created equal. Slavery is morally wrong. That you all have certain rights, regardless of your backgrounds. They became self-evident because they were taught out of pulpit. And then families went home from church and spoke about them around the dinner table. They became self-evident because everyone was speaking about them. Our difference is not, hey, do we want kids to be fed and educated? No. Our difference is how you do it. You only believe in government. Why? Because that is all man has ever seen. Because deep down, a lot of these people believe man is inherently bad. Are there bad people? Yes. But they believe that unless you force and and coerce people to act a certain way and to look after you, their passion, their happiness, or what they care about. Because what you have right now when you do this big taxation policy is, it just gets thrown all into one coffer, into one set of coffers, and they look after everything. We should be able to say to people, hey, look, do you really care about poverty and kids? Great. Go pursue your happiness. Go make a difference. Oh, you care about heart attacks because you, you lost a family member or a couple of family members to a heart attack or heart problems? Okay, good, you go for that. Oh, you care about cancer? Okay, you go do that. But because we don't do that through taxation, we say you got to care about everything. Won't you do this? Well, I, I can't really empathize with the person who has cancer because I'm lucky in my family I've never had cancer. But I've had a lot of heart attacks and strokes. Can go do it and vice versa. If you really want to make the world a better place, this is the fundamental difference. Do you want to do it through government or do you want to do it through man? I will always be on the side of we need to do things through voluntary, through man, not government. Because government always takes a cut. You know, I used to be part of charities and we used to have a standard. It was 90%. It was the 90% standard. And what that was was if... All the donations that you got in, let's just keep it simple. If you got a $100 donation, $90 of that had 
to go to, to the people you are supposed to help, whether it's cancer or hearts or vets or poverty or homelessness. $90 of that had to go. In fact, some of the charities I worked, it was 92%. Mercury One is really great. It's 100%. But you had to have, a, it was the 90% standard. Now, just think of all the things they want to do with taxation. Do you think they have the 90% rule? Or do you think it's what? Maybe 60%, maybe 50%. Somewhere there's some overheads that can be done. These are the questions we have to ask ourselves. We can be angry and outraged and as I was when I first saw these memes. Or we can take a step back and look at the deep principles and where we're different. Because sometimes, and I see this with my friends on the left, we see the problems the exact same. We agree on the problems. It's just the solutions we have a totally different opinion on. They always want solutions to be government-centric. I want them to be people-centric. But does that mean they're my enemy? No. Just because I see the world different to you does not mean you're my enemy. We just see things different. And the last time I checked, it was cool to have a different opinion. Or is that dead now? These are some questions I would ask you to think about this weekend. As always, this show is released every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. We're on all major platforms by searching Freedom's Disciple. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iHeart. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify, OmniFM, CastBox, Stitcher, Google Play. You name it, wherever you want to listen, look for Freedom's Disciple. If you really enjoy this show, we're trying to share principles. We're trying to keep on growing and reach new people, new audiences. Share it with a family and your friend. Do it publicly or do it privately. Going, hey, there's this show. Have a listen. Try and find out where you stand on the issues. Also, if you happen to listen on iTunes, especially iTunes, which has an algorithm, please leave us a rating and review. It helps us, you know, new people to find our show with you to the algorithm and the way that they search on iTunes. We finish this show the way we always do, by saluting the real heroes in society, the police, the firefighters, the emergency personnel, and your vets. You know, the men and women who, regardless of politics, regardless of race or sexuality or any other thing that society judges you on, actually go out into society to get all those and risk their lives 24-7 so we can live in liberty. And lastly, I salute you, the great American people. Never ever forget the secret to America, the secret sauce. America is great because Americans are good. Not because of your government, not because of your president, not because of your Congress, but because Americans are good. Thank you for tuning in today and have a blessed and beautiful week. Freedom versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Oh,